Welcome to First Word. My name is Pastor Dave, coming to you from beautiful Minnesota. First Word is a podcast that is dedicated to reading and discussing the Bible together. First Word is a great place to begin your exploration of the mysteries revealed in the Bible. So let's dive in. Mark chapter 8, and so uh, let's get started. We're going to read Mark 8, 34 to 9, verse 1. Here we go. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciples... Oh, I forgot about my mic. That'll help. There we go. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. The word of the Lord. All right, sorry about that mic issue. Hopefully you picked up some of that, but now we should be coming at you live and clear. All right, so before this, um, Peter had rightly said that Jesus is, is the Messiah. And then right after that, Peter rebukes the Messiah. Never a wise move. Because Jesus started to talk about suffering. And so Jesus rebuked Peter and said, You have in mind the things of man, not the things of God. And then Jesus lays out the way of the cross. In Mark's context, the sayings point to the fact that the crucial divide is not between those who acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah and those who do not. A lot of times that's where we stand. Do you, do you claim Jesus as Savior or do you reject Jesus as Savior? But Jesus says, what marks a true disciple are are those who are prepared to follow me on the way of suffering and those who are not. So that's a big question. Jesus is saying as we follow him, we have to be prepared to deny ourselves and and to suffer as he has denied himself and suffered for us. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to be literally executed like Jesus, but this whole life, this beautiful upside-down life, is about, about going to extremes to love our neighbor. It's about following Christ wherever he asks us to go, trusting that it's the better life, it's the more beautiful life, that, that we don't want to gain the whole world, as it said in Mark, and lose our soul. Jesus said, that's a bad trade. Like You can prioritize everything you want on this earth, And you can gain the whole world and lose your soul, be separated from God in eternity. And Jesus said, that's a, that's like a Minnesota Viking trade. It's a bad trade. Don't, don't do that. Don't trade your whole team for a Herschel Walker. It's a, it's a bad trade. So, um, so this is the encouragement that Jesus is, is giving. Now there's a few verses I want to point out that, uh, as I read this verse in Mark, Paul echoes this, I have been crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So you see in this verse, 
the self-sacrifice of Jesus. He loved me and he gave himself for me. And then in myself, I, Dave, have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That I don't live for myself. I don't decide for myself um, what is right and what is wrong and what I want to do and what I not do not want to do that I follow Christ. Romans 12.1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That we, that we offer ourselves as a sacrifice. That, that, that we give ourselves wholly and completely um, to our God. This upside-down counterintuitive kingdom. The idea is that we that we know that this whole idea of of self denial leading to a beautiful life that if i if i allow myself to be crucified and i live for god and i live for others that actually my life is way better on this earth and it leads to a life with god forever and ever we know this to be true like let's say i have a friend and my only concern is what my friend does for me and so i always i'm always looking for that what what value is my friend adding to my life what is my friend giving to me it's not a beautiful friendship right the friendship probably won't last long because my friend will get tired of me giving or of me taking and not giving and in fact it might be an abusive relationship if i take and take while my friend gives and gives the beautiful friendship that we live is is that is that i wake up and i think about my friend and what's going on in his day and how i can better his life how I can lighten his load. And then my friend reciprocates and he tries to think about how he can lighten my load and better my day. And that becomes this beautiful friendship. Jesus is about to take up his cross for my sake, for your sake. We're going to be reading that now in Mark. The theme of Mark is now going to shift to suffering in the cross. And now we get to live and take up our cross and follow for his sake and for our neighbor's sake. Our calling, the way to have actual peace and joy in eternal life, is to crucify the desires to make self-interest and personal desires central to our lives. That's our great temptation, to make my interests and my desires central to Dave's life, and I need to every day crucify them. And when I do, when I live for God and live for neighbor, the two great commandments, when I truly care about other people more than I care about myself, life is beautiful. Life is really beautiful. Life is peaceful. And it's the way of the cross. But it's challenging. It can get really challenging each and every day. But that's the challenge that Jesus lays out to his disciples and will continue to lay out. And then we have this interesting verse. Truly I tell you, some are standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God that has come with power. That, that's a lot of questions with that verse. Does he mean the transfiguration we're going to read tomorrow? Does he mean the resurrection? It seems like he probably means the resurrection. Um, obviously, the second coming isn't going to happen in the people's lifetimes. But it's a declaration that God's kingdom is going to come with power. It's going to come and it's going to be established, this beautiful kingdom where people truly crucify their personal desires and their self-interests and live for others, where we're with this God who has done the same, who lives for his people, men and women made in the image of himself. And one day this kingdom will be established with power. Let's not gain the whole world and forfeit experiencing that. 
Friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Any questions that our Bible reading spurs on, send them to Dave at linwoodcovenant.org. Artwork is by Emily Lemon, sound production by Chris Stoltzman, and original music by Lonnie Leo. We'll leave you with some of that music as we go about this day, our Wednesday. Have a great day, friends.